Well, good morning again. It's an absolute uh, joy to see all of your smiling faces looking um, back in my direction this morning. My hope and my prayer this morning is that you will receive uh, the message from these scriptures that I received from them. Um, as I went through it, I actually have a uh, dual purpose this morning. I have two things that I want to uh, get across this morning. So uh, my prayer is that you'll that you'll uh, dig into this and, and stay with me throughout. Um, let's open with a word of prayer and then we'll we'll get into it. Our Father and our God, again, I, I humble myself before you just to say thank you for the opportunity that we have to to study your scriptures. I thank you that we live in a country that we can freely and openly do this. Father, I pray for those that, that can't say that this morning. I pray for those that are hiding to have church this morning, that are hiding to, to study and, and read your word. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to the, to the size of the blessing it is that we live where we live. Father, I pray that you would continue to guide us and direct us through your word. Father, I pray that each one listening this morning would, would receive from you what you desire for them to have. Father, I pray that our goal this morning be to gain knowledge and grow closer to your image. Father, I pray for your guidance and your direction in all that we say and do. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, I have this issue um, that a lot of us have but don't like to admit, but um, if it goes through my mind, I, for some reason I think it must come out my mouth. You know, So uh, I get in a bind sometimes when I study ahead. And I start trying to put multiple um, sermons together and start taking notes for different things because what happens is I get up here and those things are all running through my head and they're all falling out my mouth. So my goal this morning is to, to go through this message and not, and not try to preach all that I've been studying but to hold back a little bit. So if I look like I'm thinking through my words a little bit this morning, I am. And I know it looks strange because you don't normally see me do that, but that's what I'm trying to do, okay? I'm practicing to, to be better, you know what I mean? So if you would, turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Before you stand... Um, I, I do want to do just a, a quick review a little bit about what we talked about last week as far as um, trying to get to the end of the year with a with a 12-month a collection of pleasing God, trying to make an effort to live in a fashion that pleases God. And, and, and we read in the scriptures back in 2 Corinthians that in order for us to walk in the Spirit, we have to focus on or set our mind on spiritual things. And if we set our minds on physical things, then we will walk in the flesh, and it's impossible to please God walking in the flesh. All right? So I kind of set out a little bit of a standard to you and kind of issued a little bit of a challenge of adding some things to your resolutions. I mean, it's great to want to be healthy and wealthy and all that stuff and, and do better in finances and do better in health and weight loss. And I'm not against any of that. But I ask you to add some spiritual things, something that was measurable. I ask you to, to say, um, 
put some things in there so that you could see progress spiritually. Like, I want to take more time reading my Bible, studying my Bible. I want to take more time praying, maybe praying for others. Uh, maybe I want to reach out to other people more so that you can get along this thing and look back and say, yes, I have done this, or no, I have not. So I kind of put out a little bit of a challenge in that area, and this morning I want to start by asking, how'd you do? I mean, it's been a week. Did anybody make it past Monday? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> because I can assure you that it was a struggle for me to get through Sunday, much less into Monday, right? See, we set these goals and we set these things, but then we walk out of here and, and we really never get challenged on them. There's no accountability to it. So I wanted to start this morning by asking you, how'd you do? And I don't want you to answer me, but I want you to reflect in your mind, was there any changes made in my life this week? Did I do anything any different than I did before I heard all of that? Because if no, you've wasted your time. We really should be coming in here looking for ways that we can grow closer to the image of the glory of God. That should be our goal. And, and I'm going to tell you, if you come here and you ain't heard the Word of God preached, you had earplugs in. Because we sell out, the two of us, sell out if we don't do nothing else. We may fail at everything else we do, but we sell out to making sure that what we preach and what we teach is the Word of God. That, that is our main number one focus. So if you've come in here and missed and not heard from the Word of God, it's because you had earplugs in. I, I can assure you of that. So take what you're learning, take what you're taught, take what you're hearing, and apply it. Use it. You can tell me what you believe all you want to. But I know what you believe based on how you live your life. So the good news is, if you failed, if you did take it serious and if you did set yourself some goals and it didn't make it past Monday or it didn't make it, or you just, brother, you don't understand how hard it was Tuesday. Listen, the only way you fail is if you quit. You can start over anytime you want to. You can get back up and get right back on it and try it again. And I assure you that in your spiritual walk, that's necessary. Because you're going to fail. You're going to figure out you ain't as spiritually advanced as you think you are when you start setting spiritual goals for yourself. So you're, it's, it is important that you understand that just because you slipped up, just because you fell off, just because you didn't make it forward don't mean you failed. You only fail when you quit. I think it was George Foreman that said the measure of a man is not how many times he gets knocked down, but how many times he gets back up. Listen, you're still in the fight. Just get back up and do it again. And if you have to start over every day, that's okay. Keep starting over. Don't fail. The only way you fail is quitting. Do not quit on this. Listen, I'm talking about eternity. <laughs> There's going to be no second chances. You understand that? Now you get all the chances you need right now in this life. But when, when, when your time is over here, whether it's the end of time and Jesus returns or it's your life here is over, there are no second chances. You either made it or you didn't. You either done it or you didn't. Don't quit. Don't quit. I'm talking about eternity here. This is important stuff. 
So if you didn't make it past Sunday evening or maybe you didn't make it much past Monday morning, that's okay. Start again. Start whatever it was, whatever you set for yourself for spiritual growth goals for the coming 12 months, start again. I told you last week that a lot of people are going to be disappointed because they think the change is coming because we flipped the calendar. I seen a post this week that said, hey, we're seven days in, I can I return 2021? In other words, they haven't seen the change they were looking for when they flipped the calendar. They're disappointed. Listen, the change isn't coming because you flipped the, the calendar. The change is coming because you did something different. If you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, that's one definition of insanity. So if you do that, you're crazy. Now, some of y'all is crazy, and you may not do that. Right? Right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to start in this, this, this next part of uh, the same stuff. I hope this message comes out of these scriptures to you the way that it came out of these scriptures to me. Um, so let's read through verse 11 and we'll just see how far we get. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 starting in verse 1. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have... No need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do. Let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You can be seated. You know, sometimes uh, what we really need to meet the goals that we set for ourselves is just a little bit of push, just a little bit of encouragement, just a little bit of knowing that somebody else is there supporting us through this or, or helping us through this. Because you and I, by ourselves, are not going to make it. Me alone, as a Christian, I won't make it. I know that's true now more than I ever have because of all the stuff we've seen in, in the past year. I, I know it's true because I struggled through it. I came to a place where I was comfortable not being here. I came to a place where I was okay with doing online church and that being good enough. It's not good enough. And that's not a good place for any of us to be as Christians this time is, is, is going to really weed out some folks because it's not over. I don't know if y'all know it or not. We're not done yet. It's not gone. 
People are still struggling through it. People are fine with being at home. Listen, that's not the purpose of the church. One of the purposes, that the online thing cannot accomplish what the church physically can accomplish. One of those things is the encouragement and accountability that comes from being surrounded by people. In order for me to make it to the goals that I've set for myself for the next 12 months, I'm going to need y'all. I'm going to need some encouragement. I'm going to need I'm going to need some accountability if I'm going to make it. I know that. I need you to understand that you're in the same boat I am. You're going to need some encouraging. You're going to need some accountability. You're going to need someone to point at things and go, does this belong? Will this help you accomplish the goals you've set for yourself spiritually? By ourselves, none of us will make it. We're not designed for that. This writing to the church at uh, Thessalonica, I think, is how you say that. Thessalonica, if I'm not mistaken, was the capital city of Macedonia. They're located just outside of Rome. Rome and, and Greece were the two places where all the idol worship and all that crazy pagan gods and, and all that stuff was going on in great, big, large numbers. Paul has established some churches. This church here is the one, if you remember, in Acts, when Paul came into a place and, and they were after him, the silversmiths were after him because he was doing away with their livelihood, and a guy by the name of Jason gets strung out in the middle of the street and they try to beat him to death, right? Y'all remember that story from the book of Acts? That was this church. So Paul didn't stay there very long. A lot of the places in his first missionary or in his missionary journeys, he would go there and spend months, months, and months. This particular place, the, from what I read this past week, he only preached in the synagogue two or three times, which means he was only there for a couple or three weeks. The heat got turned up and he got run out. So the extent of his teaching wasn't great while he was there. He covered the basics, basically. Part of what Paul's addressing here is the fact that they don't understand... They think, these people believe at this point that if you die, you didn't make it. The ones that are going to make it are the ones that are still alive when Jesus comes. So this first part of this is what he's trying to explain when he starts out with the, the uh, concerning the times and the seasons. You have no need to have anything written to you for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. They, they understand that Jesus is coming back and they understand that nobody knows when, but their lack of understanding was that if you died, you didn't make it. And what had happened is some of the big leaders, some of the head religious folks, some of the, the, the big guys in the church had passed away since Paul had been there. And they were losing their faith because they thought, well, if them folks didn't make it, ain't none of us going to make it. 
But the misunderstanding was that if you died and you weren't physically here when Jesus came back, you didn't make it. So he starts out by addressing that. And he goes, Y'all don't, I don't need to write anything. You understand that Jesus is coming back like a thief in the night. It, it's going to happen. And when it does happen, it's going to take everybody by surprise. The way I know that people who predict the, on the calendar the end of times, y'all know how many times that's happened, right? The way I know that they're wrong is because according to Scripture, nobody knows. So if you claim that date, you automatically disqualified that date. Right? It's going to happen. Jesus is coming back. And when Jesus comes back, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a straddle the fence kind of. It's not a you may or may not. Either you are a living, breathing, in a living, breathing relationship with Christ, or you're not. You're either going to be excited to see him, to hear the trumpet blow, and see him returning and be caught up in the air with him, or you're going to be absolutely terrified because you read the back of the book, and it's fixing to get scary. See, the purpose of issuing these challenges and the purpose of coming in here week in and week out and trying to train people to understand the Word of God and the importance of living it out is we're talking about eternity. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about things that are going to affect your eternity, your foreverness. You're either going to be in torment or in the presence of God, one or the other. This is, this is great, big, huge, important stuff. The question was asked to a guy this week uh, on the radio, is it enough that your children have a spiritual foundation? Are you okay with the fact that all your children have is what you've poured into them spiritually? They ain't good at sports. They ain't good academics. They ain't good kids, but they spiritually are grounded and founded. Is that good enough for you? Because the answer for us as Christians should be yes. But for most of us, the answer really isn't yes, not based on what you how you answer that, but based on your actions. In other words, what do we spend more time doing with our kids? Making them great ball players? Or building their spiritual foundation? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? That's what's important to you. You can look at your checkbook and your calendar and find out what's important to you. Because if you spend all your time and all your money making them great athletes, then it probably isn't good enough to you that they have a great spiritual foundation. Right? I mean, I know it hits home and nobody wants to say amen, but I'm just trying to be honest with you because, listen to me, I'm talking about eternity. I'm, I'm serious. This, I'm talking about eternity. 
In other words, we'll buy a baseball bat that, that costs $200, but we wouldn't buy them a $75 Bible. I know, I ain't getting no amens. It's okay. You not agreeing don't make me wrong. I know that I'm telling the truth. So, you can say that the most important thing to you is that your kids have a great spiritual foundation, but is it reality? Can you look at your checkbook and your calendar and prove that? I hope you can. Because listen, Jesus is coming back. And he is coming like a thief in the night, meaning you're not going to get a 30-day warning. You're not going to get a 60-day warning. You're not going to get a year's notice. When he comes back, he's coming back. And look at the rest of this description from Paul. He's coming like a thief in the night. Listen. And while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. You understand we're talking about eternity, and, and we're, it, this is real. This is going to happen. This day is going to take place. And those who have genuinely sought after God, and those who genuinely have a living, breathing relationship with Him, will not be frightened at the coming of Christ. But those who do not, and those that have put all their time and all their money and all their effort into the things of this world and focused their minds on the things of this world and walked out life in the flesh, it's over. And you will not avoid it. You hear me? You will not avoid it. I will not avoid it. It's coming like labor pains. And you will not avoid it. It's going to take place. Listen, the church is in the greatest decline that I can ever remember in my life. Now, I've only been here about 43 years. But I have never seen the church decline the way it's declining right now. On all levels, locally, nationally, you can go and look at numbers in different organizations, religious organizations. In other words, you can look at Baptist numbers and Methodist numbers and, and everybody that has an association, they report their numbers. Throughout this country, it is <laughs> straight down. Straight down. And it's falling fast because we live in a convenience-based society, right? Order at the first at the speaker, pay at the first window, your food at the second window. If all of it takes more than five minutes, you're mad. We are convenience-based. We are. We like comfort and convenience. Right now is the easiest time in the world to make church convenient. Right? They have every reason to stay at home and watch on whatever platform. 
as long as they'll let us use those platforms, if you haven't noticed, that may be short-lived. It's convenient. The problem is the elements that you and I need to make sure we're ready for those birth pains, that thief in the night, are not available on those platforms. It's not. The encouragements, the accountabilities, right? They're not there. See, I would think for all that Christianity cost my Savior, Christianity should probably cost me something. Right? When Christianity doesn't cost us anything and it's convenience-based, is it really Christianity? What are we gaining? Where are we headed? You know, the Bible talks of people that stand before God and say, Lord, Lord. Right? They knew who he was. They'd heard about him, right? They even called him Lord. But what was his response? I never knew you. You know, I'm talking about eternity this morning. I'm talking about setting some goals and, and making some things, putting some things in place so that you and I can grow closer to God himself. So we can get to a place in life and look back and think and believe with all we've got in us that our actions were pleasing to God. And I'm not talking about for a short time. Anybody can do a good deed. I'm not talking about little glimpses. But I'm also not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about a life that doesn't involve failures and letdowns because those are going to happen. We're still wrapped in flesh. Matter of fact, some of us didn't even make it till Monday last week when we tried. That's okay. Start over. Try again. You only lose, you only fail when you quit. Don't quit. Keep going. I'm going somewhere else this morning. I told you there was two purposes. Verse 4. But you are not in darkness. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. In other words, the ones that are going to be surprised are the ones that are in darkness, right? The ones that are light, the ones that are life, the ones that are on the right track will not be surprised. In other words, there's nothing for us to fear, right? Keep going. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do. Let us keep awake and be sober. Let us not sleep as others do. You remember last week I talked about keeping your focus and staying focused? That's what Paul's saying right here. Don't sleep. Don't get distracted. Don't fall away. Don't get lazy. Don't get lax. Don't sleep on it. Right? Because he ties it to and be sober. Not focused. Right? What does, what does not being sober, what does drunk do to your mind? 
It's all foggy and hazy, right? Don't make good, clear decisions. Can't stay focused. That's Paul's warning here. Don't go to sleep on it. Don't get lazy on it. And be sober. Be clear thinking. Be focused. Because, listen, those who focus on spiritual things walk in the Spirit. But if you get distracted and you begin to focus on physical things, you'll be walking in the flesh. And it is impossible to please God walking in the flesh, right? So you and I have to heed this warning. Listen, I wanted to come in here this morning and be an encouragement to you because I knew, I know that some of, even the ones that took it serious enough to really act on last week's message probably didn't make it all week. If you did, give yourself a round of applause. You're in a number that is less than 12%. Less than 12% of people who make New Year's resolutions make it more than seven days. I even went and looked up why people fail. Why, 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 why is that so? A large majority of people fail at their goals. We'll call it New Year's resolutions because it's that time of year. But overall, we fail at our goals because we didn't believe in the goal when we started. In other words, the idea of being skinny was nice, but I knew when I said it I wasn't going to be skinny. So about seven days is all I got in me. Because you know what? At the end of seven days, I was right. The next biggest reason people quit is lack of results. We set a goal, and we don't see the results in the timeline that we want to see them. That will be true with your spiritual walk. You're not going to snap your fingers and start seeing this stuff, the results of this stuff overnight. As a matter of fact, some of these results you won't see in this lifetime. So what I'm telling you is it's going to be hard to stick to these things. If you made it past a week, you're in a number that is less than 12%. But the encouragement is you don't have to stop there. You can start again. And even if you didn't start right after you went down, you can start today. You can start again tomorrow and the next day. The only way you lose at this is if you quit. That's the only thing not allowed. It's okay to fail. Listen, we've adapted this at my house, and, and it's become a my house thing. But your church should be a safe place to fail. Y'all understand what that means? It should be a safe place for you to fail right here. In other words, you ought to be able to come in here and tell me, Brother Nick, you ain't going to believe it, but I failed. And me throw my arms around you and love on you and not ridicule you. And, and, and It ought to be a safe place to fail. My home is a safe place to fail. My wife is going to be there. It don't matter, Bryant, how stupid a decision I make. I'm probably going to dread telling her because I know there's going to be a little recourse. But at the same time, I also know that in the end, she's going to support me. She's going to have my back. My home is a safe place to fail. It's where I can take chances and run back to if it don't work out. Your church should be the same way. As a matter of fact, you and I ought to know from experience that we're likely to fail. We're wrapped in this flesh. 
We've all experienced failure. But the only way you truly fail is if you give up. As long as you'll start getting back up, as long as you'll keep keep chugging, keep trying, keep plugging. I want to show you something. Um, no, I ain't ready for that yet. Let's keep going. That's a little too far, far down the line. Listen, let's go, keep going to verse, uh, let's look at verse 6. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Obviously a reference to, to not death, right? This is not, because we're fixing to see here in a little bit that the word asleep is a reference maybe to death. This is a reference to not be lazy. Look at 313, 2 Thessalonians 313. This is Paul's next letter to this same church. And look at the advice he's still giving. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Don't get lazy, don't get tired, don't get sleepy. Keep your focus, stay clear-minded, and don't grow weary in doing good. Verse 7. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. You know, we're talking about eternity. So it's pretty big stuff. The Bible says that the, the gate is narrow, the road, and few will find it. But the path that leads to destruction is wide and many will enter therein. So these tools that Paul names off are obviously very important tools in helping us stay, find and stay on and enter into a narrow gate. In other words, if it's easy to find, it's easy to stay on, and it's easy to enter in, you're probably on the wrong path going to the wrong gate. Right? This, this gate, this path you and I are, are on and this gate that we're looking for is narrow and few are even able to find it. So it means it's going to be tough and it's probably going to require things that the majority of people, the many, don't have. Well, every once in a while when reading Scripture, that comes to my mind when I see stuff like this right here. Look, look at the tools that Paul has said would help us in being... Sons of the light, children of the light, children of the day. Stay sober because, see, sleepy people and drunk people are night people. You ain't night people, you day people. All right, day people, listen to me. Um, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love 
and the helmet of salvation. So there's three things right there that separate you and I who are day people from night people that are sleepy and drunk. Faith, love, salvation. Right? So if those are three things that will help me find the narrow, that's three things I believe I ought to be pursuing and I ought to be getting good at and I ought to be getting familiar with. Right? The trick to staying focused on spiritual things is understanding what spiritual things are. The trick to being able to stay focused on the, on the spiritual things so that I can walk in the Spirit is to be able to discern the difference in physical and spiritual. Because a lot of times you and I get tricked into our, our crazy minds, our fleshly self convinces us and justifies some of the things that we're focused on, right? And that starts off as not no bad intention. But then the next thing you know, that's what we're focused on, and it's not spiritual. In other words, you and I as Christians do a lot of justifying of our actions. We do. We justify a lot of what we do. And we, we I mean, we do. I won't give any examples of that because it may incriminate me, but we do. We really do. If you and I are going to be children of the day, Paul's making this distinction. He's asking us to, to stay, stay focused, encouraging us to stay focused. And he's using this distinction between the kind of people that are dark people and the kind of people that are day people. And according to Paul, sleepy and drunk happens at night. Sober and focused happens in day and light. Keep going. Verse 8, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. Listen to this. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has not destined us for wrath. In other words, you weren't chosen, you weren't called, you weren't created for dark. You were chosen, you were called, you were created for day. To be focused and sober-minded. To be focusing on, hanging on to, holding on to the spiritual things. So that you can walk in the Spirit. You were designed to please God. So what happens? How come that doesn't just come natural to us? Well, because you're still wrapped in flesh. <laughs> and it's impossible to please God living in the flesh. We have to make a conscious effort, a conscious effort to choose the spiritual things of this life. 
What comes natural to us is opposite of what God desires from us. So my first purpose this morning is to encourage you to stay in this thing, to stay with it. It's real convenient not to right now especially, but it's real convenient all the time because the things that you're asked to do according to Scripture are opposite to what your flesh desires to do. Go to for, uh, first, Second Timothy 4, 6. Just right around the corner from where you're at now. Second Timothy 4, 6. This one will be familiar to most of you. Second Timothy 4, 6. This is Paul getting down towards the end of life. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Where is Paul's reward? In the beginning of the race? In the middle of the race? Three quarters of the way? Seven eighths of the way? Most of the way to the end? No. Where is the reward? We don't get. Scripture doesn't offer participation trophies. Sorry. Scripture turns the scoreboard on as soon as you start playing the game. They don't hold it back and just give everybody a trophy. Because that's the reality of life. This isn't about starting a race. This, this crown of righteousness, this reward for a way of life, the promises of God that you and I read about in Scripture don't come at the beginning of the race. It's for those who endure to the end. For those who have fought the good fight, not who are fighting, we're still fighting. It's about getting to the end of this race. And listen to me, it's a long run. And for some people, it's a very difficult run. You'll hardly make it by yourself. You're going to have to be encouraged. You're going to have to be supported and held up. You're going to have to be held accountable. Because what comes natural to you is your default settings and it's all flesh. And even though you get halfway through the race before you go back to that, you still didn't get it to the end. See, what I'm trying to tell you this morning, in order for me to meet the goals I have set for myself spiritually, I need you. I do. In order for you to get to the goals you've set for yourself spiritually, as bad as you hate to admit it, you need us. We need one another. The one another's is one of the most important things in all of Scripture. Kevin did a study on that, and I still have his notes from it. No, I mean, I have the notes he wrote. He came to a church where I was pastoring and shared the message, and he walked off and left his notes, and that's been a lot of years ago, and I still have them. I have them. Yellow highlights and all, I still have them. 
As a matter of fact, every once in a while, I'll, I tried to find them this week and couldn't, but every once in a while I'll run across them and think, oh, to give them back. And I lay them on my nightstand, they get covered up in everything, and they end up back into the storage spot they always end up in. But it was a really cool, a really cool series of messages about the one another's and the importance of the one another's and all the things that you and I are called to do to one another. And you can't accomplish none of those things without another. Right? You see where I'm coming from this morning? You understand the importance of encouragement? And I'm here to do that for you this morning. But I'm, I'm also here, the second purpose of my message this morning, number one, was to encourage you, as long as you don't quit, you're still in it. As long as you don't give up, you're still in it. But number two is not only to be encouraged, but to be an encourager. Because listen, as bad as you need me, I need you. I won't make it without you. I know that. I know that more now than I ever have. I was, I was pretty convinced. I wasn't sure if I needed all y'all or not. But after them few months without you, I'm, I, I, it's for sure I need every one of you. Even the ones that push me to my edges. <laughs> I need you. I really do. I need you. Even Ralph. As bad as I hate to admit that, I need Ralph. As bad as I hate to say that out loud, because now he'll use it against me from now on. Look at this. Therefore, verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. Therefore is a connecting word, right? What will it be connecting to? Everything else we just said, right? And he ends with, therefore, knowing this, knowing that, that, that you are made for the day and not the dark and sleep and drunkenness comes in the dark, knowing that, that knowing that Jesus is coming like a thief in the night, that it's going to hit like birth pains and you cannot avoid it, knowing that, Understanding that, realize, therefore, what does he say? Therefore, encourage. And what? Build up. I want you to do something else with your list of things for the next 12 months. I want you to add something else. All the physical stuff is fine. I'm not anti that. You're, I mean, if that's what you want to do, do it. I want you to make sure there's some personal growth, spiritual things on there, measurable. And I want you to make sure there's some one another stuff on there. I want you to make it your goal to reach out to people. Send a text message X number a week. Make a phone call X number a week. Something measurable. So that you can be the one another who encouraged. So that you can be the one another who built up. I cannot tell you how many times people have told me, personally out of their own mouth, that were in struggles that will tell me, hey, I would not have made it if such and such would not have called last week. I would not have made it if during this time I hadn't heard from this person. I wouldn't have made it. I hear it over and over. I didn't wait till the new year to start mine. Some of you have noticed it because you made the list. I don't have a lot of spare time in a day, in, in daytime. 
I mean, I, but I do drive a lot. So back in November, I just started picking up the phone when I would leave Nolensville, headed back to Pulaski. I mean, that's an hour and a half, two hours. I just, I just put my little earpiece in and hit the hit the number. And some of them talk to me for three or four minutes, and they're over it. <laughs> some of them I ain't done with when I get back to the shop. But see, God's only given us so much time. And we got to do all we can do with it. I understand you got to have a job, me too. But he's allotted some things in there that we don't take advantage of. Hey, put on your list somehow, some way. Now listen, some of y'all is a little more reserved and a little more laid back than others, and you ain't all about this reaching out to folks. But you ain't exempt from that command we just got. Therefore, knowing that time is limited, knowing that Jesus is coming back, knowing it's going to take some people by surprise in a bad way, right? Knowing that we are people of light and not dark, right? If you are on that list, then you are called to therefore... Encourage one another. Therefore, build up one another. Because let me assure you of something. Regardless of what they believe, you ain't going to make it by yourself. Some people believe they can and they're trying to and they're failing miserably right now. But who knows? One little phone call. One little text message. One little encouragement from you. Maybe it's a card. Some of y'all do that card thing. Maybe instead of just people that's on the list, you just randomly send somebody a card letting them know you miss them. Letting them know you love them, you're praying for them. It ain't got to be during a hard time. You don't know what their time is. You just listen to the, to the Spirit of God. You just be able to discern. And when God says send it or call it or whatever, do that. Be an encourager. Because as bad as you need encouraging, people around you need it too we ain't gonna make it by ourselves and i don't mean just the weak ones of us i mean none of us when kevin first started saying that i thought eh no he's right again he's right <laughs> yeah y'all caught that didn't you <laughs> he normally is he normally is he's right we're not gonna make it by ourselves we're not and it's, it's not, he's, it, that's not right because Kevin said it. That's not right because Kevin teaches it or because I believe it. That's right because God says it. I hope and I pray that somehow this morning you've been encouraged, and I hope you'll walk out of here with the mindset, I, I need to find some folks to encourage. I hope that if last week you didn't make it very far, that you'll just start over this week and try again. I hope and I pray that you understand that eternity is real. And it's so important that you get all this right while we've got time to get it right. Second chances don't run out till you expire. <laughs> you start all over all you want to right now. But when that day comes that we've been reading about this morning, second chances are over. You either made it or you didn't. And whether or not you did is based on your actions, not your words.